Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. We all face challenges and difficulties in life. It's part of living in this world. But have you ever thought that those difficult times may just be part of God's plan for your life? And in the broader sense, part of His plan for the world? Pastor J.D. shares that hardships can be a blessing in disguise. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 15, 2022. Today, we're going to talk about talk, specifically straight talk, about talk as fellow believers in and followers of Jesus. For those of you that read ahead to stay ahead, you know what's ahead in chapter 3 verses 1 through 12, which will be our text. For today's update, I want to talk with you about the well-known idiom of a blessing in disguise as it relates to Bible prophecy. A simple definition of a blessing in disguise is that of a good thing, initially seeming like it was a bad thing, that in the end turned out to be disguised as a blessing. Doubtless most are aware of the many scriptures to this effect, but the two that I would like to draw your attention to today are Genesis 50.20 and the well-known promise in Romans 8.28. Let's start with Genesis 50.20, one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible, along with all of the verses in all of the Bible. But this is when Joseph is addressing his brothers, and he says to them, But as for you, You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Romans 8.28, we really should include Romans 8.29, but Romans 8.28, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good, and here's the qualifier, to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, which is what verse 29 
defines what that purpose is, what the purpose of God is in our lives, which is chiefly to conform us into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, the love of God is always unconditional. However, many of the promises of God are conditional. Maybe I need to explain that just a little bit. God's love for us is unconditional. It's the agape love, agape, this unconditional love that is not predicated upon anything that we do. That's the love of God, but when it comes to the promises of God, there are conditions to God's promises, and this is one of those cases where we're promised conditionally that God is going to take everything, as bad as it seems, and as only He can, He's going to make it good, work it for good. We don't know how, we don't know when, we don't know the way, but by faith we can know, key word, that God will take the bad and make it good. No matter how bad it is, it cannot and will never change how good God always is. His love is unconditional. Now, you probably know where I'm going with this, so I'll get right to the point and say that the last two plus years have been a blessing in disguise. Would you agree? The enemy through man's wickedness, has intended all of this for evil. But God has meant it for good. And this in two ways. The first of which is that non-Christians are coming to a saving knowledge of the Lord. And secondly, Christians are coming closer to the Lord. Again, God, as only He can, and is always so faithful to do, has caused all that's happened, is now happening, and even that which is yet to happen, to work together for the good and His glory. That's important, because in the end, God will be glorified. However, in so doing, this is also having the effect of exposing the evil and the wickedness of man as we approach the final seven years of human history as we know it. And I personally believe that we are on the cusp of the seven-year tribulation. In the book of Daniel, the last chapter, there's this fascinating prophecy concerning the seven-year tribulation that, when truly understood, speaks to this paramount 
powerful principle concerning this prophecy. I want to start with the first four verses of Daniel chapter 12. At that time, verse 1, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that time. By the way, Jesus in Matthew's Gospel chapter 24, we know it as the Olivet Discourse, quotes that verse that we just read concerning the tribulation being the likes of which man has never seen, nor will ever see again. And at that time, Daniel, your people, Israel, shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book. And, verse 2, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those, verse 3, who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But, verse 4, listen very carefully, you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. You've probably heard this prophecy taught before about knowledge increasing, people going to and fro many times. I've done it myself. We'll couch it in terms of travel, the increase of technology, and certainly that has happened, and that is part of this prophecy. But I want to propose another possibility in terms of the interpretation of this prophecy that might open it up to you as it did to me. So Daniel is told to seal up this prophecy, seal up, shut up the words, and seal the book until it's time. When's that time? Oh, at the end of time. Seal it up until then. Now, what if instead of reading this as many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase, that we read it also this way? Many will go back and forth, to and fro, through and through, to increase knowledge of the prophecies that have been sealed up and shut up in this book until the time of the end. I did my best. I hope you got that. Are you following with me? Because is that not the context? 
Again, stay with me, because the context in which Daniel is inspired to write this, and this inspired record of the dialogue that Daniel has with Michael concerning the prophecy in this book, and now Daniel is told, seal it up, close it up, shut it up. This is not for you now. This is for your people then. When? At the end. Oh! So that means that at the time of the end, it's no longer shut up or sealed, because there will be many that will go through and through to increase knowledge of the prophecies in this book. Verse 8 of Daniel 12, we see it again. Now, here's Daniel responding in this dialogue that he's having with Michael. And he says, although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. And then he says this, verse 10, many shall be purified, made white, and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. In other words, Daniel, close it up. This is not for you. You go your way, Daniel. But at the time of the end, those who do wickedly will continue to do wickedly. And those who do righteously will continue to do righteously. And oh, by the way, Daniel, it will be those who are wise that will understand, but the wicked will not understand. Now, let's fast forward to the last chapter of the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 10. John, by the Holy Spirit, writes, And he said to me, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book. Oh, wait, did you talk to Daniel about that? (laughs) Because he was told to seal it up. No, unseal it. Don't seal the words of the prophecy of this book. Would you like to know why? For the time is at hand. Translated, it's time to open it up. Don't seal it anymore. It's opened up. Take that seal off. Open the words of the prophecy of this book. It's time. It's time. Oh, chicken skin. Goosebumps for those of you on the mainland. We call it chicken skin here. And then notice verse 11. He says, the same thing that Daniel was inspired to write. He says, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, 
let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Oh, that, this settles my heart. And if you'll kindly allow me to, I want to share with you how God has just, I mean, encouraged my heart, strengthened my heart, settled my heart concerning all that is happening. And it's kind of filled in some blanks, if I can say it like that, and connected some dots by way of an explanation. It might explain, it certainly does not excuse it, but now I, I see why. Because I just, I just got done reading this unsealed, opened up prophecy in the book about how that those who do wickedly will continue to do wickedly. Oh, I see now. And, and those who are doing righteously will continue to do righteously. Those who are holy will continue to be holy. You see what's happening here? I'll need to proceed with this presupposition that you understand oftentimes God will allow the evil in order to bring about the good. Example, the aforementioned prophecy in Daniel foretells how it's the evil of the Antichrist that brings Israel to Christ, which by the way is the purpose of the tribulation. It's for the salvation of the Jewish nation. I suppose you could say that the evil God allows serves as a catalyst of sorts to fulfill His perfect prophetic plan at the perfect time, at the time of the end. I like how one said it, the devil is God's devil. Have you ever thought of it like that? He's a created being, you know. He's not omnipotent. He's not omniscient. And he's not omnipresent, which is why I always get a kick. i just as guilty of saying something to the effect of, man, the devil really was attacking me this last week. The devil was? Oh, how do you rate? Because he can't be two places at one time. I mean, he was at your address? Whoa, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. No, it's his demons. You know what Satan has been successful in accomplishing is deceiving people into believing that somehow he's God's opposite. He is not God's opposite. He is a created being. God created him. And I, this might mess you up, I hope it doesn't, but God created Lucifer knowing ahead of time what Lucifer would do. And He created him anyway. <laughs> Oh man, I opened up this can, I better deal with it. This explains why it is, by the way, 
that God, when Lucifer exalted himself in heaven, saying, I will exalt my throne above the Most High, I will, I will, I, 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 has an eye problem, and then he's cast out of heaven to the earth. Now, here's the question, why, why wouldn't God just like zap him right on the spot? I would have done that, which is why I'm not going to, and, and you would have done the same thing too, so. Oh really, you want to, <laughs> you... <laughs> yeah. zap, it's over. Why would God allow him to then recruit and take with him a third of the heavenly host, who were also cast out of heaven, down to the earth, where they still are, by the way? Why wouldn't God just like start over and just say, okay, well, so much for that, because then all of heaven would have now seen God and served God out of fear and not love. Here's the way I think of it in my, my mind. I know they have clinical terms for things like this, but I just picture in heaven the angels who didn't fall going, did you hear what Lucifer did? And God just zapped him, and a third of our Angel friends, you know, the ones we have Bible studies with on Tuesday nights. You just zap them, man. We better, we better be careful. It changes the whole complexion now. And then you can even take it further. So here's Satan, and then God creates Adam and Eve knowing full well, never think for a second, that when Adam and Eve sinned, <laughs> that God was in heaven going, are you kidding me? I told you, just one tree. I gave you all of these trees of this one tree, and you, why did you do, what are we going to do now? Plan B. No. God knew exactly what was going to happen. So why didn't God just like start over? Because again, I would have done that, and so would have you done that as well. We need Adam 2.0, and Eve 2.0. Let's try this again. No, it would have changed the whole. See, sin had to, and evil with it, had to run its course. It would have changed everything. And by the way, that's why there was even that tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because God wants to give us a choice so that we're not forced to serve Him and love Him. You know that question of, if God is so loving, why does He allow evil and suffering to continue in the world? Well, I know that's a very complex question, and at the risk of an oversimplification, God is allowing it because man has made his choice. He's given man free will to choose. He wants us to choose because we love him. He'll never force himself on anyone. 
You've been listening to a prophecy update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.